I did, uh, Alice started having seizures three weeks before he was born. And that was, it is a, it's very typical for Rett syndrome, but I was just praying, you know, when it happened. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When you have a child with special needs, does that mean you're automatically risked out of home birth care for your future pregnancies? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 173 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we'll be speaking with Becca, a 30-year-old mom of three living in upstate South Carolina. Becca is a licensed cosmetologist turned stay-at-home mom whose oldest child was diagnosed with Rett syndrome when she was two and a half years old. This has played a huge part in she and her husband's journey as parents. Becca lives for birth stories, and she's incredibly excited to be able to share her three home birth experiences. Now, before we dive into this amazing and so important episode, I want to take a moment to thank this week's reviewer of the week, Honey, who wrote, a podcast a day keeps the birth fears away. Love this podcast so much. I am expecting my third son and am almost 31 weeks. This will be my first home birth. Though, like many, I think I've been a home birther at heart from the beginning. I simply lacked the knowledge and resources to advocate for that for my first two pregnancies. I have been so grateful to feel encouraged, empowered, and inspired by all of the women whose stories reassure me that I can and will, and I can't wait. Oh, honey, thank you so much for this beautiful review. If you would email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And you, my dear listener, let's now turn our focus onto you specifically And let's talk a little more about becoming the home birther that you've perhaps always known you were at heart. Whether you've always known or you're just now realizing it, I am ready and waiting with open arms to journey through pregnancy with you on a more focused and intimate level through Happy Home Birth Academy, the premier childbirth education program that I've designed specifically for you, the home birthing mother that you are. Let's dive deep into the joy that this upcoming experience can hold for you when you hold the key knowledge and resources and mindset that are so supportive of a beautiful experience. I want you to hold your baby to your chest at the end of your labor in whatever way it presents itself and think to yourself, yes, I did this. I sacredly brought my baby forth into this world, and I have stepped into motherhood anew. Inside of Happy Home Birth Academy, we strategically approach labor preparation by preparing you for what's to come, but also preparing an arsenal of tools and techniques and focusing deeply on preparing your heart, your spouse, your mindset, and for postpartum. It's the roadmap for Happy Home Birthers, and I can't wait to begin this journey alongside you. To join today, head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA or click the link in the show notes. All right, let's head into this beautiful podcast episode. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not medical advice. 
It's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for yourself and your family. Becca, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. I'm so excited to be here. Um, This has been one of my favorite podcasts I've ever listened to, so it feels a little bit surreal to be finally getting to talk to you. Well, I'm excited to be finally talking with you. It's so funny when, like, it's like, okay, well, we actually live really close to each other. (laughs) And we're, like, in community virtually, like, online, but haven't actually gotten to sit down and talk, and I haven't gotten to hear your birth story. So I am thrilled to be able to connect in this way and to get to share these stories. So for um, all of the listeners, would you take a moment just to introduce yourself and your family? Sure. Uh, my name is Becca, obviously, and I live in upstate South Carolina with my husband, Matt. Um, I am a licensed cosmetologist by trade. Uh, I stay home now with my three kiddos um, that are five and a half, two and a half, well, almost three, and eight months today. So um, my oldest has Rett syndrome. And so kind of navigating parenthood, you know, as a special needs parent has been uh, challenging and um, interesting, but it is the path that we are on. And I'm excited to talk to you about that with our, my home birth stories. Yeah. I'm so excited to hear all about this. So yeah, let's start from the beginning. You chose to have a home birth with your very first, correct? Yes. Um, so I'm very blessed to be, I grew up where home birth, home birth was the norm. I was a home birth baby. Um, my mom had me at home and my three siblings after me, uh, she had like every range of type of birth. And, uh, so I was able to grow up in that setting to where birth was a normal topic of conversation around our kitchen table. And my mom was a doula and taught childbirth education uh, classes. And so I always knew I wanted to have a home birth. That's what felt the most natural and comfortable for me. And I talked to Matt about it before we were married and uh, he was okay with it. So uh, that is kind of the path we decided to take um, with our first baby. Oh, that's amazing. I just, it's so cool to think about you know, being a child and growing up feeling confident and knowing something about birth beyond what is shown in movies, which is so inaccurate. So that is what a blessing that sounds like that was. It was for sure. So what was that first pregnancy like? Um, It was pretty good. We decided that we wanted to have kids pretty soon after getting married. So we kind of started trying right away and uh, we found out we were pregnant about three months after we started trying and it was my birthday actually when i found out oh. i was pregnant so that was exciting i, re- I remember that this morning when i was thinking through my <laughs> my birth um and my pregnancy was fairly easy i had a little bit of food aversion more i wouldn't say i was very nauseous or anything um I was still working uh, throughout my pregnancy, so I was pretty active, you know, standing all day behind the chair, um, you know, helped me feel pretty good, actually. So I um, didn't really have 
really, I wouldn't say any negatives on that pregnancy. So we started taking a childbirth education course, I want to say going into my third trimester. Uh, it was something that I really wanted Matt and I do, to do together just because um, he wasn't, you know, he didn't grow up talking about birth all the time like uh, I did. And it was something I wanted us to be able to have. We were, that we felt confident going into birth together because I had all this education on my side. And, um, but, you know, obviously I never experienced it. And then I wanted Matt to feel very comfortable with everything that was going to happen and like what all the stages of labor and how to help me through everything and, you know, give us tools to use during our the rest of my pregnancy and through my labor and delivery. And it was a 12 week course. Uh, so it was pretty intensive and it was awesome. And I think it gave Matt the confidence he needed to help me through my labor and birth because he was an amazing support partner. And um, yeah, so that was. Oh, that's wonderful. Yep. I, I mean, Childbirth education and being on the same page as your spouse. I can't think of anything that's more crucial really for that when it comes to preparing together. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention, I forgot to say this, that I did, we chose um, my midwife. She had been the midwife for my oldest sister. And so I knew her already through that experience. And then my younger sister had actually apprenticed with her for a little while um, after taking her um, midwifery courses. And so I knew her really well. So I actually didn't interview any other midwives because I already knew her. And uh, our first appointment we had with her, like she answered all of Matt's questions and just put him completely at ease as well. And he was, I think we left our first appointment and he was just like, I don't know why everybody doesn't do it this way. Cause it just, it just felt so natural. And um yeah, I wanted to mention that because I forgot. That's really special. I, it's so neat when midwives, you know, kind of make the rounds in the families. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So, okay, what was that labor like? Um, well, I trying to think. So my due date came up. I had stopped working around 38 weeks because I was booth renting at the time for um, like doing hair and I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to stay home after having Alice. So I, I wanted to take down all my stuff and get it all, you know, I didn't want to like go into labor and then, uh, you know, have to go do that afterwards. So I had the last two weeks of my pregnancy, I did a lot of meal prepping. I, you know, walked a lot, you know, really, uh, kind of mentally prepped for my birth. I actually thought that I would, you know, probably go overdue because most first time moms do. So I was ready, but I also was like, it'll probably not be like, you know, my due date. So anyways, my due date came and we had a really nice dinner that night. I like took a bath and I actually had like a glass of wine and I was like, okay, this is like our last like kind of date night before um, you know, we become parents. And uh, the next morning, I woke up, so I was 40 weeks one day, I woke up, and I had like a really strong contraction, 
what I, well, what I thought it was a contraction because I hadn't had any Braxton Hicks during that pregnancy at all. So I went to the bathroom and I had, um, like some bloody show and like some mucus and I had another really strong contraction while I was in the bathroom. And so I went back to bed and I kind of woke up Matt. It was probably, I think it was like 5 a.m. ish. So I, I woke up Matt and I was just like, hey, this happened. You know, it's probably nothing. <laughs> you know, go back to sleep <laughs> or whatever. Um, and so he did. And then I didn't have any more. I think I probably slept a little bit more, but not much because I was like nervous, like anticipation, <laughs> excited, slash excited, you know. So I figured, you know, it could be it, but I might still have like, a long time or even a couple of weeks, to be honest. So I, Matt woke up probably around seven ish and was like, do you want me to go to work? Do you want me to stay home? And I was like, just go to work. You know, I haven't had any other contractions. So, uh, I'll let you know if I need you. So I got up and I, uh, went for a walk and I, I don't think I had any contractions while I was walking. I can't, I can't remember, but, um, and I was like, mm, I'm going to go get a pedicure. So I left and, uh, I went and got a pedicure and I remember having like some, like a, some mild cramping while I was sitting in like the pedicure, pedicure chair. And then I went to the grocery store and I got home probably around closer to lunchtime and I was supposed to do a haircut on my husband's grandfather, like at my house, because he wanted to like get one more haircut before I had the baby. <laughs> and so I, Matt ended up coming home for lunch and I was having more contractions and stuff. And I am kind of a pretty private, like I didn't want a bunch of people to know I was maybe going to have the baby that day. So I ended up, I think I ended up texting, um, my grandfather-in-law. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do your hair today. Like <laughs> I just am really tired and I kind of want to rest. So, um, Matt was like, do you want me to stay home? And I was like, no, just go back to work. <laughs> so, um, we kind of texted on and off like for the next couple hours after he went back to work. And I remember texting with him around three, like I'd started timing my contractions probably around two thirty ish, like, cause I had been messaging with my sister, um, you know, kind of throughout that morning. And so I'm just like, you should probably start timing them <laughs> to see where they are. And so I did, and they were coming pretty consistent. I don't, I don't remember how far apart they were though. <laughs> and, um, so I had texted Matt, Oh, I went to the bathroom and when I was sitting down, I had like some really intense contractions like on the toilet. And I was like, I had started to lose more like mucus and have more like bloody show during that time. And so Matt called me at around probably like three or three thirty, and he was like, okay, um, I'm about to go into like a really long meeting. So I need to either come home now or it's going to be a while before I can get home. And I was like, okay, come on, go ahead and go home. <laughs> Because I don't want to like not be able to contact you. So he came home and it was probably like four ish. And my contractions were coming probably, I want to say, five to six minutes apart, I want to say. And he was like, I think you need to call Linda. And I was like, no, it's not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be fine. Linda's my midwife, by the way. I don't think I said that. So um, he was like, no, I think you need to call her. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. 
and I like did it or I think I had texted her and I was like me I think it might be it you know my contractions are coming but they're still very manageable you know and she was like please call me and I was like oh, I don't want to and uh, so I called her and I think I had a contraction over the phone and I did get kind of emotional during that and she was like okay she was like well I have some kind of bad news and she was like I have another mom in labor right now and she, at the birth center and she was like you can come to the birth center and I'd be happy to you know help you here or I can send my partner um that she was with at the time and I was like it was like getting close to rush hour traffic and I was like there's no way I'm getting in the car right now like I'm not doing it so I was like, it's fine. You know, her partner, Amy, could come. And I texted my sister because I wanted her to be there anyways. And I was like, you got to come now because she lives an hour and a half, like an hour from me at the time. So I was like, please, I don't want, because I was having such, like, so few people there. I wanted her to be there because um, we're so close and I felt really comfortable. And plus she had the midwifery experience too. So, uh, I wanted her to be more hands-on and then obviously have the actual midwife there as a backup and to do all the, you know, medical stuff if needed. So Susanna, my sister was like, okay, I'm already packing my bag and like put it in the car. And so Amy got there, I want to say around 530-ish. She wanted to check me and I was at a five when she checked me. So I was kind of going into active labor um, and things were definitely starting to pick up and get more intense. And I think my sister got there around six and she pretty much did like all the hands-on stuff for me the rest of my labor. Cause I don't, I may have, I may have been checked one more time. I don't, I don't think it was a lot though. And I don't remember who did it. <laughs> so anyway, so she did a lot of like listening to the baby during labor. I, after that, Matt had already been working on setting up the birth pool and I got in after that and the water was amazing. And I pretty much labored in there the rest of the time. I got out one other time because they thought that she um, might be in a little bit wonky position. And so I did some like mild circuit stuff. So I remember that was probably the hardest part of my entire labor. Mm -hmm. Oh, that mild circuit on the Being I was being out of the water, and I was doing like this. I was I did the standing ones. Well, I don't know if that was part. That's not part of the mild circuit, but I did do a few contractions standing up. And I remember, and then I did the one where you're like your chest is on the bed and your butt's kind of up in the air. And I was like, no, can't do it. Can't do it. And uh, so I think I, I did like one or maybe two contractions in that position that I was like, I have to stand up. And uh, so I stood up for maybe and like kind of swayed for a little bit. And then I got back in the water. And I remember like every time I would go to like the bathroom and stuff during that time, like that was definitely the hardest. Cause I think, you know, all the pressure, you know, right you know it just makes it more intense immediately so yeah you don't have the buoyancy of the water helping you out <laughs> right yeah so water is my friend and I love laboring in the water so yeah so the rest of I think things you know prog progressively continued to get you know more intense and my contractions got closer and closer together I remember feeling nauseous at one point I never threw up or anything but I definitely felt nauseous so I think 
they gave me like a washcloth with maybe a little bit of peppermint on it. And yeah, I think around probably 9.45, I want to say, I started pushing with her and I would like be in the water while they're in between contractions. Like I had asked Matt to get in with me at that point. And so I would kind of like lean back into him. And then when my contraction would start, like when I was pushing, I would stand up into kind of like a standing squat that like felt the best for me actually outside of the water. And um, so that's what I would kind of do during that time. I would like lay back and rest and then like stand back up. And uh, she was born around 1030. Um, and my sister caught her, which was really special and exciting. And then I kind of sat, laid, you know, like rested back down into the water with her. And we kind of sat there for a little bit. Um, and then I delivered the placenta in the water but after like there was like a big gush of blood like I was bleeding a lot uh after I delivered the placenta so Amy was like I want to go ahead and get you out just to monitor this bleeding a little bit more closely um and I actually did end up hemorrhaging a little bit with her uh which they gave me they did give me Pitocin and I actually took Cytotec as well um, I think, yeah, after, because the Pitocin didn't do that much. And, um, I'm not really sure, like, we're not really sure why I hemorrhaged or anything. Cause it was, I think, you know, Linda and I kind of talked about it after, you know, at my postpartum visits and I was really in shock that she was born so quickly, like for my first baby, I was like, ex mentally I had like prepped for this, like really long labor for my first and I my oldest sister had had a really long first labor and my sister that was at my attended my birth her first labor was longer than you know and so I was like you know I'm probably gonna have like at least 20 24 hours something I don't know <laughs> you know that's just what I kind of expected and so I don't know if that can, kind of just being in shock that she was here already because I remember feeling that I was like I, I can't believe that she's already here like and I, I was just, I think, a little bit in shock. And I think that could have contributed a little bit to my bleeding. Def I definitely believe yeah. that. So um, it was, there were a few times, like, I was laying in the bed. I did end up passing out once and throwing up everything that uh, Matt was getting me to eat and drink. He made me some, like, homemade Gatorade that I was like, I can't, it was nasty. And <laughs> Nice try. Yeah, I was like, nice try. And I ended up throwing it up. And, uh, but my vitals were good the entire time. Like I never felt scared. And I think Matt may have been a little bit concerned, but he wasn't like showing it that, you know, that he really, you know, what was, um, I had the, you know, Amy asked me, she was like, you know, would you like to transfer, uh, you know, your vitals are good. So I, you know, I'm okay with you staying here and me monitoring you just a little bit longer. And uh, Matt and I made the decision to stay home. And I'm really glad that we did because I was able to rest and I stayed in bed. And Matt had had, like I had that skin to skin, like when we were in the birth pool. And then when I got out, 
that's when I started feeling kind of like woozy and stuff. And so Matt ended up spending, he had Alice for a while and I think they got, they got to bond like really well from that time. And um, then I felt that I, I, Amy ended up staying with us through the night uh, just to keep an eye on me because I had lost more um, blood and my sister was there too. Um, and uh, yeah, so the next morning I, I did tear a little bit with Alice and my, the doctor that backs up the midwives here actually came to my house and stitched me up at home. And so I didn't have to go in, which was really nice. Um, Amy asked him to do that since I had lost more blood. So I wouldn't have to get up and go out and about. So, yeah, so that was my birth with her. It was, even though I did have the hemorrhaging after I, I, I loved her birth. Uh, it was very, I don't know, I feel like it's it was textbook or something, you know, just the way my, my labor slowly progressed and got more intense over time. And, you know, it was sh way shorter than I had mentally prepped for. Um, so I was, was pleasantly surprised, I guess, by that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I, I can see how, because it was so textbook, the fact that you did experience that it very well could have been related to the fact that it was just very shocking to you. I mean, <laughs> expecting one thing and then getting something else. How, uh, how long was that labor? So, I mean, I was an active, I was active labor at like five thirty, and I had her at, um, 10 30. So, I mean, the active labor part, that's kind of what I count was like five hours, like with, yeah. Me. Um, so because the rest of the, the earlier in the day, I mean, that was just like, you know, I was having minor contractions, but it wasn't anything, you know, unmanageable, like, so I kind of start my labor counting hours for my active labor. So. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I forgot to mention, um, some of my, with my pregnancy with Alice, because I was still working at the time, I, you know, I was very open with people, like when they would ask me like, you know, who, you know which doctor are you using or whatnot, or where are you delivering? And I would just be like, oh, I'm actually going to have a home birth with a midwife. And people would be like kind of shocked. And then of course, want to tell me their horror stories uh, about birth, you know, like, why do people do this to first time moms? I, I will never know. But, you know, I always like counteracted that with like really positive stuff, you know, because I'd always had that confidence. I was like, I know my body can do this. You know, I was made to do this. And, you know, I never felt scared by those birth stories. I kind of just, you know, they would tell me and then uh, I would just kind of give it away, you know, <laughs> like they would come in and I would just be like, I don't need that, you know, and it was actually surprising because a lot of like my male clients that I would tell that to, or like my plans to, if they asked, uh, they were always like, wow, that's so cool. Like, but my female clients that I would see, they would be like scared for me and like have to tell me their scary stories, which I always thought was really odd. And, you know, I never took any of that stuff to heart. I kind of just was like, well, that's your story. It's not mine. And, you know, I feel confident going into my birth with the provider that I chose and knowing that she'll support me and my husband supports mm. me and, you know, having the team around me. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You are so well educated and that's, that's incredibly helpful because I totally understand the moms who are like, you know what, I'm not even telling anybody that I'm having a home birth because I don't want to deal 
with all of the horror stories that may come up. And, but I, I felt very similar, similarly where I was comfortable sharing, yes, I'm having a home birth. And if I got negative stories in return, it didn't hold any bearing towards me. You know, it was like, okay, well, yeah. And, and there may be a lot of reasons why that story unfolded that way that we will never know. Um, but I, I like that. I like that you were just like, yeah, okay. I just kind of let it wash right off. <laughs> Yeah. So that was fun. So with your second pregnancy, how did all of that unfold? Yeah. So um, around, well, Alice was around seven months when we first noticed that she wasn't hitting some of her developmental milestones. Um, so uh, this was something you know, we weren't really expecting or prepared for because, you know, she had, I had such a great pregnancy and labor and birth with her. And uh, we kind of, I, we kind of didn't know what was going on, but she, I knew something was not right because I'm, I'm from a big family. I've been around kids my entire life. You know, I was like, I kind of know what's typical and what's not. So um, when we took her to her, you know, I think it was one of her checkups or something. I kind of mentioned to her doctor, he was like, well, you know, kids, you know, hit things at different rates. So, you know, she might just not be there yet. But I was like, no. So I was like, in my gut, I knew something was going on. And so he went ahead and referred us to a uh, physical therapist. And so we got her into some therapy. Um, so this was just a really long journey. We kind of decided to kind of wait to have another baby for a little bit because we were trying to um, support Alice and what she needed during that time. And we didn't, we still didn't have any answers because she wasn't, um, she was globally delayed, but she was still doing things that were like, oh, we don't, like, and she had done some, like, broad genetic testing, and nothing was coming up, basically. So, um, when she was around two years old, uh, she, you know, she had been in this therapy journey for a long time already at this point, but we did decide that we wanted to go ahead and try to have another baby, because we did want her to have a sibling, and, you know, we didn't know if it would, you know, take a while or if, if not. So we decided to go ahead and start trying to get pregnant again. And well, this was a little bit before her birthday because I found out I was pregnant like right before she turned two. Yeah. Yeah. So right around her birthday, I did find out that we were expecting again. And uh, during that time, like the first couple months of my pregnancy, she did start showing um, like key markers for a specific genetic syndrome. And we had gotten her into a clinic with, it's like three doctors that meet together and they kind of collaborate to try to figure out what might be going on. So we had find it's really hard to get into. So we had finally got into that clinic and it was like neurology, pediatric, uh, developmental peds and genetics. And by that time she had started doing some like hand flapping, like just like a repetitive movement. And, um, they're like, Oh, I think we might need to test for Rett syndrome. And we kind of had 
heard this before, but she wasn't showing key signs and she had hit so many of her milestones just late that um, we were really hoping <laughs> this was not the case. But she was with some rep repetitive hand movements are one of the key factors for this genetic disorder. Um, so we did that testing and about, it took like six weeks, I think, to get those results back. And it did come back positive that she did have Rett syndrome, which was just, and so I was probably close to 20 weeks pregnant, maybe a little over 20 weeks pregnant at the time. Yeah, a little bit over. And it was just really hard getting that diagnosis, especially in pregnancy and um, just being really scared of, you know, what if we have another baby with this? Um, it would be extremely rare, but it could happen. So Matt and I did do the genetic testing as well to see if we were we could possibly be carriers for it, um, just going going forward just to know, you know, cause we were kind of working with the genetic center at the time anyways. Um, so during that time, I think I was just, I wasn't scared of having another baby. I was just scared of what I, my time being divided and maybe not being able to give Alice everything she needed because of, taking care of a newborn at the time, but I was really, you know, I am thankful that we did probably decide to go ahead and get pregnant before finding out that diagnosis, because I think it would have been so much harder to make that decision afterwards. Right. Just like, just knowing, like researching so much about the about Rhett and knowing, you know, kind of what the long-term effects are, I think I would have been way more nervous to, you know, have another baby. So, mm -hmm. um, the, I would say my stress levels were high <laughs> during that last bit of pregnancy. We did find, we did decide to find out, um, if it was a boy or a girl, just Rhett syndrome primarily affects girls. It, there's it's already rare, but it's very like extremely rare for it to present in a boy. Um, so we did decide to decline any genetic testing on him in utero. And when I had my 20 week anatomy scan, um, everything looked pretty good. I did have a, he had a two vessel cord instead of three, I want to say, yeah. And mm -hmm. so Linda called me about that, you know, after she got those results and she, you know, she was like, I know with everything that you have going on right now, like this isn't necessarily something that can be bad. You know, there can be some negatives from it occasionally. I just want to give you all the information up front so that you can decide if you want to do additional ultrasounds just because of everything you have going on, you know, with already having a child with special needs, you know, and because um, I think there can be some growth restrictions sometimes with uh, two vessel cord babies. Um, not, and a lot of times they're, they go undiagnosed and you don't even know until after they're born. So I talked to, you know, talked to Matt about it and we decided we would, he really felt more comfortable going ahead and doing those additional ultrasounds throughout the rest of pregnancy just for peace of mind and to make sure 
Our second was growing the way he needed to grow um, the rest of my pregnancy with him. So uh, we did decide to do that and everything was fine. So that was like some good peace of mind. And I was seeing maternal fetal medicine for those and they, the doctors that I saw were amazing. And they were like, if you were my daughter, I would, you're, you're totally fine to have a home birth. Like, um, you're, you're yeah, I was shocked. (laughs) That's pretty incredible to hear from maternal fetal medicine. Who? (laughs) So I was, they were just, they were, I saw two different ones and they were very supportive and so nice. And they're like, you're so healthy. And uh, the baby looks great, and um, they're like, "There's, we don't have any problem with, you know, you continuing with the care that you've chosen." And um, so that's what I did. So I was, you know, pretty active, you know, having a toddler, and uh, she was, she wasn't walking, but she was crawling all over the place, and I was having to carry her from place to place because she wasn't walking, and um, she. Uh, I was, so I was exercising pretty regularly up until the end. And I did have some like symphysis pubis dysfunction with him. Um, so I did wear um, like kind of a support belt when I would walk and stuff. Um, and I was seeing the chiropractor regularly. So that helped. And he gave me some exercises to do at home, like for that symphysis pubis dysfunction. And, um, that helped a lot. So that was really the hard, the hardest part, you know, of his pregnancy was just the emotional aspect of dealing with everything with Alice. And then, um, you know, some of the synthesis pubis pain that I had, but other than that, it was very smooth, uh, you know, otherwise. And, um, I did, uh, Alice started having seizures three weeks before he was born. And that was, it is a, it's very typical for Rett syndrome, but I was just praying, you know, when it happened. And so when I was 37 weeks pregnant, she started, she had a whole day of like cluster seizures. And um, I was like, okay, this baby needs to wait. I was like, please wait. Don't come out soon. Um, You know, I just like, I just need to get, you know, her seizures, like kind of like see if we can get them under control and her in a good place before, you know, adding another baby to the mix. Um, so we did, I mean, it was a couple, it was a really couple hard three weeks. I had some friends that, you know, brought us some food and helped us out in that aspect, which was really great. Um, and then, yeah, I can just go ahead and jump into his birth story if you want. Absolutely. Um, so I was 39 and six and I, Alice had woken up that early, like in the night and she was running kind of a high fever. And so we were a little bit, you know, worried just because of the like seizure aspect now too. Um, So we, she was just, that was pretty much her only symptom. She was just kind of acting not herself and then, you know, running the fever. And so we were just kind of up with her off and on throughout the night. And um, I remember feeling like some slight contractions and I was like, oh gosh, please don't be it. <laughs> but it was. So, um, <laughs> spoiler alert, it was. <laughs> yeah, so it was. And yeah. uh, so I think we had finally gotten her back to bed, like probably early in the morning. And um, I was able to rest on the couch for a little bit. But it, again, I kind of like when I start going into labor, I have that like just 
they're kind of that anticipation and it's hard for me to sleep. I'm hard. It's hard for me to sleep in the day anyway. So like for me to do like nap and stuff during labor is not really my thing, but I was able to like rest and um, she woke up feeling much better. And I was having some, you know, contractions on and off. Uh, nothing, anything, you know, not intense or anything, but definitely contractions. Cause I had, I did have Braxton Hicks through his pregnancy. So I knew like it was different than those. Um, was those I think those started around like the 25 week-ish mark. So I decided, I was like, you know what, if this is it, I want to go ahead and clean, you know, the whole house, you know, clean the house and get it like, cause she was running a fever. I don't know what kind of like germs she, you know, could have had. And um, so I wanted to like wash our sheets and, you know, stuff like that. And get the house kind of, I mean, our house was kind of prepped already, but, you know, just have those final things done. And so we decided to, it was Sunday, it was Mother's Day. Um, so we, we had kind of a lazy day planned anyways. And we went for a walk that morning and I had contractions like the entire walk. And I was like, okay, this is definitely going to happen today. <laughs> but I was kind of in denial too. Um and so when we got back from the walk, I was still having contractions, but they weren't like continuous. They were like every 10 to 15 minutes ish apart. And like during her, his pregnancy, I had really like visualized my birth. Like I wanted to go into, I wanted to labor during the day and I wanted to have this baby at night when Alice was in bed and sleeping. Um, because I, we didn't have a lot of people around that I could call to watch her or that I felt comfortable watching her at the time, just with everything going on. And again, I don't like a lot of people, extra people at my birth or in my birth space. So I was, I visualized, I mean, to like a T, like visualize this birth to where I would have this baby after Alice was in bed. So I kind of, you know, thought that that's what would happen. Uh, so I kind of labored throughout the day. I was able to spend the day with, um, spend the day with Alice and Matt and really um, getting to hang out with her um, as like the last day of her being my only baby to you know, take care of, which was really um, bittersweet. Um, so I think she goes to bed kind of early. I think I had finally let Linda know around four that it, things were picking up. And I think I was having contractions every four to five minutes of that part, lasting at least a minute. Um, and so I kind of let her know what was going on. And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and come over, you know, and, you know, just see what's going on, you know, watch you for, you know, a little bit or hang out. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And so during that time, I think I took a shower and I had some intense contractions in the shower. And then I had like made a pot of soup earlier that day. So like I went ahead and fed that to Alice or like Matt and I did that. And by the time Linda got there, I think she like ate dinner with us and stuff like that, oh. which was nice. And um, I think she, I think she checked me. I can't remember if she checked me before or after that, but I was, all, I was at three centimeters and I feel, I think I felt like a little discouraged because I was like, God, I've been having contractions all day. I mean, it wasn't like, in, like super, it wasn't unmanageable or anything, but I'm like, I've been having these contractions all day. I thought I'd be further along. You know, she reminded me, you know, it just tells us, 
where we are now. It doesn't tell us where we will be, you know, an hour from now or two hours from now, you know, five minutes minutes even. Yeah. So, and that's always like good for me to hear when I'm actually laboring because I think I always forget that because with the, like, well, she, she reminded me of that in like during that pregnancy and during my third birth, labor and birth as well. She always reminds me of that. She just tells us where we are now. <laughs> so um, anyway, so she was like, I think I'm going to, um, things have like kind of started to slow down. And she was like, I think I'm going to leave for a little bit. And I was like, I think that's a good idea. And it really, it gave us the time to like put Alice in bed and me spend that like time with her, like tucking her in and reading to her and all that stuff because my contractions were had kind of slowed down a little bit. And then after that, I think like I had a glass of wine and I was, it was May, you know, Mother's Day. And I was spending, I sat out on our back porch and I walked in our backyard and I did some curb stepping on our little fire pits. I probably look like a crazy lady out there, like had a glass of wine in my hand. I was like curb stepping in this <laughs> circle off of the fire pit, but nobody's. I wish you had a little video of that. <laughs> like, of course, Matt didn't take a picture or anything, but I, he just kind of left me alone. And I was kind of doing that, you know, on my own. And so I think I called Linda to come back around eight ish. And she checked me again. <laughs> And I was still at a three. Uh, yeah, so that was discouraging. But things were a little bit more intense. So I I just, I really love being in the water. So she was like, you can go ahead and get in. And, you know, if things don't pick up, we can get back out or whatnot. You know, we don't have to necessarily stay in there. So um, I did get in and she left me alone. She like went out to the kitchen and kind of labored in there and Matt was kind of on the bed just kind of resting in between like my contractions and stuff and I had like one like a really big contraction and like Linda like I I knew it sounded like different because I I think I was like really vocal and so Linda like came back in and she was like are you okay and I was she was like you know are you feeling discouraged and because I think I was I think I like was crying a little bit, which I'm not super emotional, like, and I don't really cry that much. So, uh, and she was like, uh, I was like, no, it just hurts really bad. I tend to have back labor. And so that was like starting to pick up. And so from that point on, it's really intense. Like I, th- I finally like yelled at Matt to like get off the bed and come help me. I was like, you gotta get out. And I used some, you know, choice words. And then he finally, he didn't pick the iPad back up the rest of the time. Because it went from like, oh, yeah, you're fine. Just lay over there and get some rest. And be like, I need you now. Like, uh, <laughs> so he was like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then I think I asked him to, like, get in with me. And um, Linda's backup had got, arrived. And she was just kind of standing in the corner, not really, because, you know, I, I didn't want, you know, a ton of people there I didn't know, and I didn't know her super well um, at the time, and so she was just kind of keeping records for Linda during that time, and she didn't do, like, any hands-on, and uh, yeah, so that from, like, that nine o'clock-ish um, to, the like, the rest of the time, I think 
I find I think she, I can't remember what time she checked me I think she checked me and I was like a five at like 10 30 maybe and then I, I can't remember because the rest of my labor was like an hour and a half it was like <sighs> I went from five to him being born in like an hour and a half and it was super intense and I think that's why where that I that out of control feeling came in because it was just like so fast and um I started pushing with him and I was kind of Matt was in the pool with me and so I was actually leaning kind of like semi reclined into him with like my legs up and kind of just like holding on to his hands a lot um and that's how I felt best for me to push with um with him so i only i think i pushed for about 20 minutes and he was born and i brought him you know straight to my chest linda did catch him and i think she asked like when he was crowning you know she was like do you want to feel it on there i was like no (laughs) i don't (laughs) and uh then i brought him to my chest and we had kind of talked during um his pregnancy just kind of what our game plan would be like or how what I felt comfortable with afterwards because of having the hemorrhaging with Alice and she wasn't at that birth so she was just kind of hearing my you know reading the notes from it and then hearing my part of that story which probably was like a little bit more a little bit more fearful of that happening again because I just did not want to bleed like that again and so we decided that we would get out of the pool um before delivering the placenta this time and we would go ahead and do like a shot of pitocin um as a like a preemptive measure for him and that's kind of what i wanted to do and you know we had talked about that all you know, in my pregnancy. And so it was like something I was prepared for and knew exactly what we were going to do, which was really nice, you know? And so, yeah, so that's why I got out onto the bed to push the placenta out. And I was, you know, holding Teddy on my chest at that time. I think that part felt really hard for me for some reason. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I just, (laughs) I don't know if I was like scared to let go because I was worried about bleeding or if I just, the, pushing the person out felt hard for me, for him. And I was like, I mean, like, I wouldn't say it was traumatic, but if I looked back on my birth, I was like, I just did not want that to happen again. You know, like the way it did, but I adjusted things for, you know, my third pregnancy and <laughs> did things differently. So I, you know, took that experience and, uh, you know, went a different route the next time. I love that you're able to look at it that way. of like, yeah, and I, Picked up some ideas there, tried something out and decided to try something out the next time. That's, I mean, that's the most beautiful way to look at anything that we can do in labor. Yeah. And I like listen to specific podcasts about, um, placenta delivery, you know, like learning more about that stage of labor. Cause I felt like I, that's not something I really educated myself on necessarily. Like I knew it happens of course. And like, you know, I didn't educate myself necessarily on that during Alice's and Teddy's pregnancies. And I did this time, you know, for my third. And I think it, you know, helped me in the in the long run. And now I, I do, I feel more educated on that aspect of birth. So yeah, 
Um, but yeah, his birth was, it was really quick that, <laughs> that, it, that active labor to, um, pushing him out was so fast. And I felt like I was splitting open and I felt a little bit out of control. And I had ended up, I told Linda's, uh, backup midwife, I was like, call my sister. Cause she didn't live in town with me at the time she lived out of town. And so I, I, that was not something I had like thought about at all. I'm like, I'm going to call Susanna while I'm pushing out this baby. <laughs> and I was like, you got a FaceTime her. <laughs> Cause she knew I was in labor and stuff. And uh, so she kind of like held the phone. And like, so when I talked to Susanna about that part, like of pushing and she was like, you were like very Zen <laughs> and like, okay, I feel another contraction. And I was like, I did not feel that way at all in my head. It was just like completely different. <laughs> Mm, that is so yeah that's another great point you can't, you can't judge a book or a laboring mother by her cover right yeah so anyways so that's something I actually kind of worked on um during my pregnancy with my third was like I had I was seeing um a therapist at the time and just kind of helping me prepare uh for labor and just like kind of those feelings on that. So that is like, I worked on that with her because it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was just how I felt out of control and like crazy or something. And um, so I can, I'll talk about that more. I think, you know, with my next pregnancy or birth story, but um, you know, his postpartum, I didn't tear with him. And so I felt like physically I felt the best. Like I felt so good. I felt like my recovery was really easy physically. I was able to start, you know, walking, you know, taking short walks again and doing stuff like that. Uh, Breastfeeding was a little bit harder for him. His tongue tie was very severe. Um, And I decided to, I don't know why I did, but like, I was like, it'll be fine. Like, in the beginning, it was fine. Um, but then we just started having you know, more issues with breastfeeding and he was just like slipping off a lot because he, he was so tied. Um, so I saw a lactation consultant with him uh, to be referred to the pediatric dentist because things had changed during my pregnancies and I had to do that this time. And um, she highly recommended. And then when I went and got his tongue tie released, the pediatric dentist said, this is the most severe one I've ever seen he was like it's so thick and it was all the way down to his tip so I'm surprised I didn't have more issues with like the way I felt and you know you know with him nursing and stuff it was really just he was really gassy and you know like a lot of air bubbles and um he was slipping on and off constantly so yeah and then my postpartum with him was definitely harder just with like Alice had kind of started to regress during that early time, like after those seizures had caused like a regression for her with some of her skills that she had worked so hard on learning, you know, that we had had taken, you know, years for her to do. And she was losing some of those and which is very common with Rhett. And we knew that that was a possibility um, because they don't have enough of a protein that they need to continue to develop and hit milestones. So they actually start regressing in those milestones that they work so hard on, which is really hard to watch your child, you know, just that go away. And that caused a lot of anxiety for her and obviously a lot of anxiety for me. And 
so I did start, I finally did start seeing um, a therapist during that time just to kind of help me work through those, you know, like just grieving that, Um, you know, we all have these plans or not plans, but just these pictures of what we think our lives are going to be like with our children and um, the things that we'll get to experience with them. And just going through all of that during that time. Sorry. You're fine. It was really hard because those are things that, you know, I knew that I would never get to, you know, plan her wedding or, you know, help her with her first birth necessarily. And, um, you know, watch her become a mom. And so all of those feelings were surfacing at that time during that regression. And that made me the stuff I had already was grieving before, but then like when things started to regress and she started to have, you know, lose some of the independence that she did have, you know, she was able to feed herself with her hands and she was able to crawl around and she was able to read. She loves books and reading. And so she was able to, um, you know, sit on the floor and read her books or crawl out of her. She had a little floor bed. So she was able to crawl out of her bed, you know, and go look at her books if she wanted to. And she lost that slowly over the next year. So, um, his postpartum that that year after he was born was just incredibly hard because of those things. Um, so, uh, thankfully (laughs) my two, my sister decided to move back and uh, I I had, uh, I mean, for other reasons, not necessarily that, but she moved back and I felt like I did have more support once uh, Teddy hit about 10 months old. You know, I felt like I at least had people here to lean on that wasn't just Matt and I by ourselves. I mean, we had my family's about an hour to an hour away, but, you know, they're all busy with their own kids. And, you know, my parents, you know, are busy, are busy and, Matt's family isn't super involved and um so it just did feel um like we are you know we had we do have friends but you know there's only so much you know and it just felt like we were very alone during some of that um time because we were the first of like 20 something grandchildren on my side and to have a child with different needs um, like yeah. this and it's just a whole new uh, it was uncharted territory from for pretty much everyone especially you know Matt and I so um yeah so I they you know my sister moved back and you know I felt like I did have more support and then uh COVID shutdowns happened and uh so that was crazy but uh at least you know we had we had each other so we just continued to hang out but yes yeah, so I think that's when I found your podcast actually was around that time my friend had invited me to your Facebook group and I had uh found your podcast and I think I like binge listened to like a lot of it like when we were driving and uh stuff like that and I think it is one of the reasons like because after Teddy I was like I don't think I can do this again like I was like I think we might be done like having kids like I just didn't know if emotionally I could 
have another baby and listening to all the positive birth stories and just, you know, I, I'd always wanted a bigger family, like before Matt and I got married and, you know, I really didn't want to just have, um, two babies and, um, I wanted, you know, Teddy to have a companion, you know, I mean, he loves Alice to death and he, you know, already helps like take care of her in certain aspects, which is just beautiful to watch, you know, that relationship. But I did want him to have somebody that he could, you know, have, you know, play and talk to and have, you know, a friend uh, that, you know, you know, just have another sibling. I'm from a huge family and I love my friend. My siblings are some of my best friends. Around, I want to say that summer, Matt and I had decided, you know, we had started talking about maybe having another one because we did want um, Teddy and our next baby to be a little bit closer in age. And we also wanted to be kind of done by a certain point in our lives. Um, so we decided to go ahead and start trying, kind of thinking it would take three months again, because it took three months with Alice and three months with Teddy. And uh, it didn't, we got pregnant right away with him. Um, and so, yeah, so I can go ahead, I guess I can go ahead and talk about his pregnancy and stuff. So. Um, I definitely had a little bit more nausea during his pregnancy, uh, in the beginning. It wasn't bad again. It was probably more like Alice's and more food aversions. I never threw up or anything like that. We went ahead and told our family, uh, fairly, well, my side of the family fairly early, um, just because Matt was really busy at work and I was like, I just don't like, I don't want to go into all these holidays doing things by myself, like with two of the kids and not everybody knowing like what's going on so they can help me if, you know, that I need help during like Thanksgiving and stuff. So I think I was like, I think I was like four weeks, four, five, no, maybe six weeks pregnant going into Thanksgiving. And we went ahead and told my side of the family and, uh, which was nice. And then we kind of kept it to our, like just family knew and, um, yeah, so his pregnancy was pretty easy for the most part. I, you know, was seeing a therapist during it, which helped, you know, mentally um, just work through some of the fears and feelings I was having, not necessarily about labor and birth, but just like motherhood in general and, you know, what it looks like. And because um, holidays tend to be hard for me because I'm around a lot of um kids and so I think I re-grieve a lot around those times because Alice has a lot of um, cousins her age and a lot of girl cousins her age as well and you know I just I'm, it makes me sad that she's not able to do all those things that they're able to do and they're all you know best friends and so anyways that's a little side tangent but you know I think having that help like during that time in that pregnancy when I was seeing a therapist was it was crucial for me because I was able to talk about all these things with somebody that could help me process it. Um, there was an outsider, you know, and not burdening, not that it was a burden, but, you know, I just felt like always going to like necessarily my friends or family for help or like talking about it. That's hard too. And that puts, you know, a burden on them, even though they're always there for me, it's just, it's different. And Matt processes things very differently than I do. Whereas I like, you know, I like to talk about everything and I'll say things and he's definitely more internal. So he, he processes things just by thinking about it. 
um, a lot, you know, and uh, so just having that was really important. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, we decided to not find out this time. Uh, we had found out with Alice and Teddy, so we had a boy and a girl, and I, I had wanted all of them to be surprises, and Matt really likes finding out. So I was like, this time it's our third baby, or this one's going to be a surprise. And so um, we did get them to write it on an envelope for us when we went to his anatomy scan, and he um matt kept it like he didn't he didn't open it <laughs> like the entire time he had it but he didn't open it the entire pregnancy that's very impressive yes i was <laughs> impressed i thought for sure he would open it and not tell me <laughs> but i think he would have been he's bad at doing that too because he would like probably tease me about it or he like make jokes yeah. even so um we didn't know what we were having um i started a new business during my pregnancy with uh this baby and i was hosting um, fitness classes for moms to do with their kids at local parts, which was a lot of fun. It kept me really active during this pregnancy. Um, I got to, you know, meet another, a lot of other moms and a lot of them were new moms. So I felt like I was able to, you know, be a support person for them, you know, during their early postpartum. And my sister and I did that together. Um, so yeah, that kept me that kept me really active because I was exercising, doing those classes. I was teaching those classes a couple of times a week. So I taught class the day before I went into labor with Ford. You really, you went there to the end. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely was very active in doing, you know, cardio and strength stuff. And uh, I saw a chiropractor regularly through his pregnancy as well. Um I was using Linda again and, you know, we had, you know, kind of talked through a lot of kind of those feelings that I was having, just like, you know, feeling out of control during Teddy's like pushing phase. And so I told her, I was like, I really want you to be more hands off this time. And I want to do a lot of things myself. And I really want to be in the pool by myself. Like Matt really hates getting in the pool with me, but he just always does it because I ask him to. <laughs> and so we kind of made a, we kind of compromised. And I said, okay, I get to hire a birth photographer if you don't have to get in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Yeah, so that was our deal. And um, so I really just wanted to feel more, um, I don't know, confident and feeling more like I've always felt confident, but just more in control and doing things myself and not needing the help of, um, you know, everybody around me, which isn't a never a bad thing. If you need that support, I just was like, I want to do this. I want to catch the baby this time. I wanted, I just felt more empowered by doing those things myself this time. And this time, like during pregnancy prep or labor prep I listened to your podcast a lot and I did try to reread some of the books I had read before but they were starting to give me like anxiety which was really weird I was like, I've never had this I usually read like one or two pregnancy and labor books like while I'm pregnant and this time I really just couldn't um I just was like I can just listen to your podcast so that's kind of what I did oh you know during school drop-offs and pickups and um you know when I would go for walks by myself I would listen to the podcast and then um 
I was visualizing my birth because I really wanted not necessarily it to look like this picture perfect, like, you know, calm, quiet birth. That's not, like, that was like, that would be great, but I wanted to feel more in control mentally. Like, I just did want to, I did not want to feel like I was, like, out of control during while I was pushing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so whether that is, you know, being loud or being quiet, that didn't really necessarily matter. It was just the, like how I felt on the inside of my head, <laughs> not necessarily to the other people looking in. Just like we said, you can't judge a book or a laboring mother by her cover. You yeah. can be super loud and still be super peaceful on the inside. Right. Yeah. So I woke up, like, I think I was 39 and five. And I woke up very similar to how I woke up with Alice's pregnant or labor. I had a contraction. I went to the bathroom and I stood up and I lost like a huge mucus, bloody show. Like I think Teddy was like trying to come into the bathroom with me. I was like, you gotta get out. Like I was like trying to figure out like, you know, what was going on. So I decided to, uh, Go, you know, it was like we were getting our kids up, um, you know, for the day. I think it was July. I can't remember. I think Alice may have had like summer school that day. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, what should we kind of do? I told Matt what was, what was going on. And, you know, I kind of wanted to just, um, you know, I knew kind of like just because it was so similar to my, the beginning of like the other two births. I was like, I want to just go ahead and, you know, get in a good place, like mentally and be able to relax. So I asked my sister to come get Teddy. Um, and Matt decided to work from home. And I asked her if she would pick up Alice from like her days, like her school. And that was kind of like our plan all along is that she would watch my kids and keep them and then um, I would kind of just have the day to rest and relax. And, um, you know, if I went faster, I could go faster, you know, but I don't think my body likes that. I think it likes giving birth at night. So <laughs> anyway, so it ended up being like a really peaceful day. I was able to like, you know, go for a walk. And um, I walked on the treadmill because it was raining that day. Um, so I didn't go for a walk outside like I usually do in my labor. <sighs> But I uh, took a shower. I was able to fix my hair, you know, eat a lot. I was, like, trying to nourish myself. I had definitely started, like, I've always eaten fairly healthy in all my pregnancies, but I was really, I was starting to eat more like a metabolic type, you know, lifestyle during uh, my last pregnancy. And so I was really trying to make sure I ate and drank enough throughout the day to kind of prepare me for, um for my labor, like when it got intense. So around lunchtime, I want to say I did call my chiropractor and ask them if they could see me. Um, cause I kind of asked him beforehand if he would do that. And he was like, yeah, sure. If it's the right, you know, the right time and I can do that. So they fit me in and he did some like acupressure, like points on my ears I think or like behind my ears he was like do you want this to happen and I was like yes <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And so I did that. But I mean, everything was like, I was just like mildly contracting. I mean, things were regular, but it was very mild, like nothing intense. Um, and so Matt and I decided to order dinner. I think I, I did lay down for a bit. I bounced on the ball and, um, I, I did pick up Ina May's, uh, guide to childbirth book. And I was just reading through some of the birth stories. And I remember like one thing that I read was, it was one of her stories where the, she's, the mom is saying to herself like open I think the whole time I can't remember um but she's just talking about being open and like basically just telling herself like your body is opening you know open 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 you know like through contractions and so I um Alice decided we decided to let Alice come home for to sleep at our house just because she does better with like her own routine and stuff like that and um so around six she could, like I said, she goes to bed really early. So she's in, she was in bed by like 6.30. But we, I was able to, you know, help, you know, tuck her in and kind of talk to her and, you know, say in so many words kind of what was coming <laughs> to her. And um, after that, I think Matt started to, like, get the birth pool set up, but, like, not fill it up necessarily yet. Um, like, just kind of to get the birth space ready. And um, I, I had been messaging with Linda and my birth photographer throughout the day, kind of giving them a heads up of what was going on. But I think I messaged Linda to come around, I think she got there around 7.30 or 8, I want to say. And she did, she checked me. Um, and that was, I think that was, she only... She, she checked me once and then I really, cause she knew I didn't want to be checked a lot during this labor. Um, and so she said I was at a four and so she was like, I want you to wait to get in the, the, um, birth pool just a little bit. And so I decided to take a shower and they went, um, like downstairs and like actually like got out of the house. I mean, they were like hanging out on the back deck. And so while I was in the shower, things really picked up and um, got really intense. And I started having really intense back labor, which I've had. It's just gotten progressively more intense each pregnancy I've had. So um, I, after I got out of the shower, I started just like leaning over the ball, kind of like on my hands uh, or on my knees and then like just kind of draped over the exercise ball. And, um, I had a couple of contractions where I really, like, I needed Matt to start applying counter pressure, like, a lot during those. So, after that, I was just like, look, can I please get in the pool? Because I kind of know how I am. I just, I just really like being in the water. So, Linda was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, you know, like, I'm not, you know, you're fine to go ahead and get in. So, um, I think Matt had already had it filled up by that point. And, um. I got in probably around, I'm not sure. It was probably like nine-ish, maybe 9.30. I might've been a little early. I don't know. Um, and my contractions were so intense. They were very, uh, they, I mean, they were starting to come pretty close together and it was just all back labor. Like I, 
you know, wanted to, <laughs> I think I started being vocal earlier. Like it was just like, I had to vocalize during all of these contractions because they are, they were so intense. You know, I actually felt really comfortable, like kind of checking myself, um, and like kind of just feeling like, you know, cause I started feeling kind of pushy and it was like at the end of every contraction, I felt like I needed to bear down. And I told Linda that, and I was like, it just feels odd. Like, I feel like I need to push already, but I didn't think I was really ready, like ready at that point. So um, she did check me again at that. And she said, she was like, I think you're I think it's like at an eight or maybe a nine at this point. But I had um, a little bit of a cervical lip that was swollen because I felt so pushy. So I was like bearing down probably too early because I was feeling that pushiness. And I think his position was a little bit wonky. So when she told me that, that I had the cervical lift, I was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, I can, you know, hold it back a little bit for you if you want. And I was like, no, like, I don't want you to do that. So she was like, okay, that's, you know, that's fine. Respecting my wishes. She knew like what I, you know, wanted. I did want her to be hands off and, so uh, she suggested that I do like the mile circuit and I was like, oh God, but I was able to do it in the, in the pool. Um, oh. um, yeah. So I did it like, um, like kind of reclined and then I did hands and knees and then I did the sideline each side and the sideline was definitely the most intense for that. And then like during that time I decided like my back labor was so intense. I was like, you know, nothing can really make this harder. <laughs> Um, so I had, I was like, you can go ahead and try to hold it back a little bit. Um, and so she did, and it really, it was not bad at all. Like I thought that it was going to be oh. awful. <laughs> I think I was building it up in my head that, you know, her hand being there was, it got me in the, where I needed to be able to start actually, um, bearing down and pushing with, um, not having that cervical lip anymore. Yeah. Um, so she was like really, I'm trying to think, hands off during like the rest of the time. And she, I kind of was, I think I, this was around, I'm trying to think. I don't remember the time. I, I you know, labor land, your time, timing gets hazy. So I started pushing with him probably around two-ish. And I started having, well, right before I started pushing, I started having leg cramps during oh. my contractions. And I think I was just really, I was starting to get tired. Like, even though I had, like, eaten well all day and even eaten in, like, labor, I was, like, having contractions with him and, like, I need to eat, like, during active labor. Like, I was like, I got to eat. So I was eating, but I think I was just, the back labor was draining me because it was so hard to, like, I don't know. It was just, it was taking a lot out of me because I was having to breathe and like vocalize and concentrate through that back labor. Um, that I just, maybe I just got, I just got drained and I got tired and I started having leg cramps. And so I had, Linda had the best like birth assistant with her this time. Uh, she was like massaging my legs while like Matt was applying counter pressure. I mean, she was like all up 
on me and I feel bad. Like she was so close to everything, but she was a miracle worker during that time because she was giving me, like, I think I stopped a contraction, mid contraction one time because before I was pushing and I was like, okay, I got to deal with this leg cramp. And then I like finished the contraction. It was like crazy because I'd never experienced that before. And I was like, why? Like, this is crazy that I'm, it's just this intense, you know? And, but I always felt like in a good place mentally. So I probably started pushing around two and it, this part felt super fast to me. I think I technically pushed for like 20 minutes, but it felt like I pushed once and he was out. Linda did feel one more time to make sure that uh, he hadn't con gone back up over that cervical lip. She wanted to make sure everything was still out of the way. And she said she felt his hand. So I think that was one of the reasons my back labor was so intense is because his hand, he was born with it like right beside his face. And I think that might have been why I started feeling uh, those pushy contractions early on is because his position was like with that hand right there was applying, you know, pressure where, you know, when it wasn't quite ready. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I, nobody was, I think Matt was like behind me, not in the pool this time. I was kind of on my knees and I, uh, you know, kind of felt his head and I delivered him and caught him myself. And Linda kind of came around the pool cause she was kind of behind me during that time. And he had a short cord and she kind of helped me like untangle his cord a little bit and pull him to like get him up on my chest because he was kind of in there a little bit wonky. Um, and then I just leaned back and I have never felt <laughs> such relief in my life. I think it was like the out of all three of my births where I just felt like, oh my goodness, we just did that. Like that was intense. But I felt so empowered by that birth because I was able to, you know, I felt comfortable with myself to like kind of feel what was going on with like, and not have, not asking Linda to do that for me. Like she, you know, she did when I asked her and like kind of felt like, you know, before when I felt pushy and, you know, I was like, I don't know what's going on, you know, that's when she would kind of step in. And then when she did do the held back the cervical lip for me, um you know that was all stuff that I was like she gave me the choice and you know in that moment I was like okay I'm ready for you to do this she did it for me and then um would leave you know leave me alone and then I would do the rest by myself and I I did need a ton of like counter pressure and all of this stuff during his birth but I was able to catch him myself which I really wanted I was able to be in the birth pool by myself like I really wanted and uh, I had a birth photographer there and she captured like the most beautiful pictures of us and like especially like he was just oh he was just amazing like after he was born he was just looking at me like so intently and it was just beautiful like he I've I've like all of my babies have been really alert, like in, you know, attentive after they've been born, but he was just so calm and like, just looking at me. And it was just beautiful. And we just sat there in the pool 
for a while and uh linda went ahead and took his cord blood to like after like we have to i'm rh negative and matt's positive so uh, we have to um get our baby like we get our baby's cord blood to see what their blood type is to see if i might need rogam or not after because i choose to not get it in pregnancy and uh so she usually has to do that like a little prick <laughs> in their cord um before we like before we cut it or anything like that so I stood up, I really wanted to, um, you know, deliver his placenta, you know, myself and, um, you know, without really any help. And I stood up in the birth pool and delivered that before we went and got on the bed. And um, so, yeah, I was able to, I went and got in bed and was holding the baby, uh, holding him the first time. Oh, and I forgot to mention, we didn't know what we were having, <laughs> like I said, and uh Linda actually said it before we forgot to check because I like towards the end of his birth or before it before like at the end I started like thinking it was a boy and so like once he was born I just forgot like I forgot that we didn't know because I just was like oh it's a boy you know whatever and so she was like so she said he and I was like what <laughs> like but this was before we got out of the pool because I was like oh my gosh I completely forgot to look because we were just like staring at me and I was just like you know sighing with relief that because the back labor just completely goes away you know when you know he was out so just like really resting and I completely forgot to look so yeah so she let it slip <laughs> let it slip but I forgot to tell her not to so uh you know i didn't want uh you know we just didn't really have a plan for that so we went and got in bed and uh he nursed like latched right away and um she checked me and i did have a pretty intense tear with him and i think it was because of his hand uh, yeah i'd say <laughs> that also <laughs> think it was because like once my babies start crowning I like push them out of like I especially with the back labor I don't let my mind sit there really and I think that probably because of that and his hand had something to do with that but um anyways it was we got some pictures of him still attached to his placenta which were um really beautiful I didn't have those before and um, Matt cut the cord and Linda kind of tucked us in and they cleaned everything up and um, we went to bed. So mm. I had him at like 220 something, I want to say. Oh. oh, gosh. I You know, one of the things that I really love about this last birth story is how you were able to partner with your midwife and really share like, okay, these are the things that I want. These are the things that I don't want. This is how I want us to function and work together and how she was able to come alongside you to respect what you wanted, but to be there when there was something that you wanted or needed. That is the exact partnership that we're looking for, right? Like that's why we hire a midwife is to have her skill set, but pairing that with your informed consent, your desires for your labor, that's the perfect match. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if I've used Linda with all three of my pregnancies and even though she didn't attend my first birth, you know, I've known her for a long time now and, you know, we've built that relationship and I did, I think after like during some of my postpartum visits with her, 
I just, I felt like so close. And then we had this um, relationship and that she was, and I told her, I was like, man, I was like, I feel like you did exactly what we talked about. Like you supported me, even though, and even though I wanted it to be really hands off, like there was things that I really needed from you during my labor. And like, she did exactly like what I asked for, which was like, just really nice. It was really nice. You know, it's so like comfortable, like even like I had, I've had three <laughs> babies now. And, like I was, I felt so like comfortable with my midwife and it was just really awesome. That's yeah. That's so beautiful. Becca, as we begin to wrap this up, one of the things that I think about is, I mean, your experience and your experience with Alice with your first and how that has been such a, such a upfront and center aspect of your motherhood. I would love if you would be willing to just take a moment to kind of tell other mothers, like what, what has that been like for you? What do you wish other moms understood about having a child who has more needs? Um, how can people come alongside and help when that is the situation? Maybe they know somebody who is, who has a, an experience similar to yours. What's the best way that we can help? I think um, the best, the number one is kind of educating yourself on that specific thing for one. Um, Cause then you don't, cause I think it's hard sometimes when parents, they have a child with has special needs or different needs. And if people are always like, I'm always open to talking to others. Like if they have a question about like what something might mean for Alice, like I, I will tell them, I feel comfortable with that. But sometimes it's really hard, like in that grieving process of being like, well, she might not be able to do this or, you know, she's regressing right now. And that's hard to talk about. And just like, if you know, like ours is very specific to Rett syndrome and there's so much information on that, just doing a quick like Google search about it, just so that you can support your uh, friend or family member in that way. And so they don't always have to educate you about what their life might be like. Um, and then um, just being there to support them. Like if it might just be listening or it might be like for me, after I had Ford, it was, you know, my sisters, you know, helping me with Teddy, you know, or just so like I did have, I have a aid for Alice now that helps us out when she's not in school. And so I do have help lined up for Alice, but I don't always have, you know, the help for Teddy and just um, having that when I was postpartum with Ford was just incredible. So I think building that community of support and then just being that supportive person to your friend or if they're going through and or if they're in the same, you know, boat I am in. But, um, you know, our family has been amazing with that. So hopefully that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 so helpful. And, and hearing your story has been just so illuminating. And I know that other moms are going to feel the exact same way when they hear it. So I just, 
I thank you so much for your willingness to share your openness and vulnerability. And it truly was such an honor to have you on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much, Becca. Thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. What a heartfelt episode. I am so grateful for Becca's willingness to share the highs and lows, the beauty and the difficulty, and the way that she's learned to approach motherhood in her own journey. As we head into this week's episode roundup, a few thoughts truly stuck out to me. Number one, you can't judge a book or a laboring mother by the cover. And this goes both ways. A mother may be presenting as totally zen, but that doesn't mean she isn't truly having to reach down deep within herself to work through her birthing experience. And likewise, we certainly cannot assume that a loud vocal mother is feeling out of control. Heck, it can be so cathartic to roar a baby out. And sometimes that's just the noise our body chooses to make, it having nothing to do with how perfectly calm we're feeling on the inside. Next, I want to remind you that giving birth at home is not for a small handful of mothers. Becca knew that she wanted to give birth at home not only with her first, but continuing on. Despite Alice's genetic condition, Becca recognized that had no bearing on her ability to give birth at home, and it didn't make her feel uncomfortable in the slightest. And finally, I'm just so humbled by birth and by motherhood. Just like birth, we can prepare spectacularly, yet no outcome can be guaranteed. And it's the same with motherhood and really, truly, every aspect of life. Becca did not expect for her daughter and her family to be faced with the hurdle of Rett disease, but that is the reality that they face as a family together. This life, our expectations, we must constantly remind ourselves to hold it all with an open hand as we realize that so much is outside of our control. And just like labor, we can fight against it, or we can release it and find the beauty. It's one of the things that I love about Becca, the way that she's finding beauty even in the midst of difficulty. I am so grateful to know and to learn from her. Okay, my friends, what a beautiful episode. It's all I've got for you today, and I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.